0: Hello everyone and welcome to Making the Grave, the week ending Friday, March 15th, 2019. This week we have the Fast Lane pay-per-view, the last and most meaningless stop on the road to WrestleMania, along with the standard raw and smackdown affairs. So let's get right to it. I missed the first 35 minutes or so of the kickoff for Fastlane, but I did catch a backstage interview with Kevin Owens where he states that he wants to punch Daniel Bryan in the face for being a pompous jerk. Then the New Day give Kevin their blessing, and then Kofi gets called into the McMahon's office. Could it be? Probably not. Match number one, Rusev Day Nakamura versus The New Day. Phillips calls this a must-win scenario tonight in Cleveland during a match that was announced on Twitter and has no bearing on storylines whatsoever. Not even three minutes into the match, we go to a split-screen ad break SmackDown Lifestyle to pimp another meaningless match, the Shield reformation against Team Douchebag, later on. Two minutes later, literally, we get another split-screen so Miz can talk to his, bad ba- uh, talk to his dad backstage about how their match is first. They tease a guillotine by Shinsuke on Big E, but Graves is kind enough to point out how it's not cinched in at all. They set up for the New Day's finisher, which I'm completely blanking on the name of, but Lana pulls Xavier down, dick first, onto the turnbuckle. Shinsuke wriggles free and then completely forgets the spot as Rusev tags in and he just stands there like an idiot. Rusev tells him to go, Big E tells him to go, both in plain view of the home audience, mind you, and then he finally charges at Big E and gets low-bridged so Rusev can machka kick Big E's face off. They hit the up-up-down-down, that's what it's called, and Big E pins Rusev for three. Grade... B. The match itself was really good. Points had to be taken off for the back-to-back split screens early on and the Shinsuke awkwardness later on. But other than that, good stuff. With that, we go to the main show where we open with your typical hype video. Match number two, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, Mech Miz versus The Usos. Greg announces him as Cleveland's own The Miz, which just does not sound right with the the there. Byron points out that Miz has never won a title in his hometown spoiler much? Miz leaps off the top rope and onto both Usos on the outside in front of his dad, and George, as uninvested as ever, just claps and smiles and nods. Shane breaks up a pin following a double superkick and then heads back to the corner until we hear an Uso holler, Shane, so that he'll come back and get double-teamed himself, which ultimately leads to the referee being out of position for the pin after a skull-crushing finale, allowing whichever Uso it was to kick out. We get a top-rope standoff as Shane wants a coast-to-coast and... Uh, uh, Jimmy wants a superfly splash. They stare down. They both jump, but instead, Shane kicks Jimmy out of midair. Beautiful spot. Mrs. Dad tells him to go to the, tells him to go to the top rope, or at least that's what they tell us happened. Miss tries for a frog splash, lands on knees, and gets pinned for three. Meanwhile, Mrs. Dad looks nonplussed. Grade A. This was a really fun match, and you have to take into account that pretty much every match tonight is a foregone conclusion. Shane kicking Jimmy out of midair was really cool looking, and Miz loses for his team again. After the match, Shane looks like he's seeing triple, and Miz looks like he's about to cry. Miz hugs his dad, and then Shane attacks the Miz from behind. Call it a Cleveland steamrolling, if you will. Shane pummels him and then lays hands on George and then beats up Miz some more, finishing him off with some kind of triangle. George, like the good dad that he is, just lets his son get the shit kicked out of him in front of him and does absolutely nothing to help. Again, I ask, why is Shane so upset about not winning a title he didn't seem to fucking want in the first place? Finally, George comes around the barricade to check on his kid. Backstage, three douchebags have abducted a camera. They say nothing of note. Then, Elias. He sings us a song, for he is the bard. That's it. That's all that happened. It ends suddenly on a LeBron James jab. Match number three, SmackDown Women's Championship, Mandy Rose versus Asuka. Asuka locks Mandy into the octopus, and Sonya looks under the ring for no apparent reason whatsoever. Sonya then digs out of the ring again later on and gets a kendo stick. Mandy then pretends to slip on the ring skirt and walks into a kick from Asuka, which is enough to pin her. Grade C. What a stupid fucking finish. They tease a Sonya-Mandy breakup, and we go backstage. Kofi says he's been knocking and been being told to wait, so Big E just barges on in. Vince says that he's been waiting for Kofi. That's not confusing at all. Big E demands Kofi be added to the WWE title match, and Vince says, All right, fine, sure. The hell. Match number four: WWE title, Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan. Kofi enters. Vince did mention that the New Day were barred from ringside, and then a PA tells Greg that plans have changed to match number four: handicapped tornado tag match, Kofi Kingston versus the Bar. I understand that they're booking Kofi as a total underdog going into his title match at WrestleMania, assuming they actually give him the title match at WrestleMania. And I have to say, the guttural reaction that I'm having to this means that they're doing it right. The crowd chants this is boring as Cesaro refuses to pin Kofi for a three count. Big E and Xavier attempt to make the save but get taken out by Rusev and Nakamura. The bar hit a double white noise and pin Kofi with just their boots. Grade A. I reacted viscerally. Kofi got demolished and as I said before, the, the fact that I hated this at first means they're doing exactly what they need to do to get us to Kofi's title win at Mania. This is good storytelling And it's a nice change of pace in the crowd is a sign that says, you forgot your pants. I laughed. Charlie is with boss hugs backstage. Bailey shouts at Kofi and Charlie basically tells her to get back on topic. Charlie's been kind of bitchy backstage the last week or two on point. They promised to win tonight. And that's that. And then Elias again. Why? Why is this happening? We cut on another sports reference. We then get a recap of Shane beating up The Miz in front of his uncaring father. Kayla, who looks like she's wearing a towel, knocks on the McMahon office door. Shane answers. She asks him a question, and he shuts the door in her face. Match number five, Raw Tag Team Championships. Black versus vs. Glorable versus The Revival. They've changed Alistair's Tron video, and I hate it. They immediately dump Revival, then Black chuck Glorable and do their flippy fake dive taunt opposite the hard cam. Somewhere, Derek Mitchell's left eye twitches uncontrollably. He does not know why. Ricochet nearly murders Scott Dawson on a hurricane runner from the top to the outside on everyone else. A genius spot shortly thereafter as Ricochet does his cross-ring charge to leap over the ring post and onto rude on the floor. What's genius is Gable tagging in on Ricochet's way out so that he can come in, get a couple near falls, and eat a shatter machine for the victory for the revival. Grade A. This was also really fun, had some crazy spots, and the finish didn't piss me off. They cut the Revival's music a bit too early before Rude takes out, uh, I think it was Dawson. Ricochet slightly shorts a 630 on Wilder and drives his lungs through his spine. That looked brutal as hell. I continue to be not 100% sure about whether or not Dean is actually leaving, as they continue to impress upon us how this is the last ever run of The Shield. Charlotte puts on a robe, Becky crutches out of a locker room, and we go to commercial break. Match number six United States Championship R-Truth versus Andrade versus Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. So there are no automatic rematches, but we'll just have the exact same match five days later. Sure. Carmella is fucking awful at rapping, by the way. What this needs to be, what this needs to be, what this should have been, is a two-minute squash of Joe just killing everyone. Uh, Ray somehow manages to hit two consecutive double-team maneuvers on Truth and Andrade by himself, and Truth has participated more in this match than in his last two title defenses. We get a nice false finish when Joe hits the Irenaki on Ray, and Andrade and Truth break up the pin simultaneously. We get an R-Truth loves Cena bit as he spinebusters Joe and then ducks a clothesline from Andrade and suplexes him. On the landing, Andrade kind of rolls on top of Joe so Truth can do the five-knuckle shuffle, and referee Charles Robinson chooses to look bewilderedly at Truth instead of counting Andrade's pin on Joe. Uh, Joe makes Ray pass out in the coquina clutch to retain the United States Championship. Grade B. It's a good match, but I don't understand why we had to have the exact same matches we did on SmackDown. G- Greg introduces Beth Phoenix as the guest commentator for the next match, and his, he starts saying, Ladies and gentlemen, my brain went, Really? Elias? Again? Thankfully, I was wrong. Match number seven, WWE Women's Tag Team Championships Boss Hugs versus Blandy Savage. I don't know if Tamina missed a cue or if Bailey just ended up too close, but at one point she starts reaching for the hot tag, struggling like she can't make it, arm outstretched, inches away, while not actually attempting to make any forward progress towards her partner and with no interference from the other side whatsoever. They do a double team where Bailey holds Sasha's hand in an effort to give her more momentum on a Meteora on Naya in the ring, but then they do the same thing for Sasha diving on Naya and Tamina outside. And what extra momentum are you going to provide in that situation? Bailey ends up pinning Naya following a Hurricane Rana and then gets immediately attacked after the bell that didn't actually ring. Grade? See, this was just missing something for me, like more so than just because I don't like Naya or Tamina. Naya hurts Sasha over the comment sorry, hurls Sasha over the commentary table into the wall, and then Beth gets in Tamina's face and gets demolished. Natty runs out to make the save before Tamina can hit the splash, but she gets the crap kicked out of her too. This is not a tag team match that I want to see at WrestleMania. We get the video package for the WWE title match, and then Greg Hamilton announces it as a triple threat match, so I guess Kofi gets his shot after all. Match number eight, WWE title, Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa Ali. I get it. Kofi replaced an injured Mustafa in the Elimination Chamber match, and so Mustafa replaces an injured Kofi Kingston in this match. Or, as somebody points out, I wrote Kofi, but it wasn't Kofi because he wasn't here. Uh, Vince only said that the WWE title match was a triple threat match. He never actually said Kofi was in the triple threat match. The crowd immediately begins to chant, We want Kofi, as Vince just hears cash register ka-ching noises repeatedly in his ears, though those two things may not be related. Ali sells like a champ as Daniel drop kicks him off the top turnbuckle and he goes flying into the barricade below. What a great visual that was. Nice spot as Owen super kicks both men then Ali jumps on Owen's back for a sleeper so Owens sentons Daniel with Ali on his back. Owens avoids an 054, hits a stunner on Ali, and Brian recovers just in time to make the save and remain champ for the time being. Mustafa hits an 054 on Brian on the ring apron. Not just the ring apron, but the hard cam side of the ring apron with the LED board and everything. I cannot imagine that was a pleasant experience for either man. Mustafa teases a top rope Hurricane Rana on Daniel to the floor, but gets pushed off and does a gorgeous backflip. He avoids a flying knee and then hits a tornado DDT off the second rope to Daniel, who is standing on the floor. That was fun. Daniel ends up pinning Mustafa by countering another flying maneuver with the charging knee. Grade A. God. Damn. Just the story, with Kofi and the crowd getting sucked right in was enough for an A here, but that goddamn match was fucking incredible. After the match, Mustafa gets face-claw slammed by Rowan. We then get a recap video of the absolutely mind-numbingly stupid build to this match, match number nine, Charlotte versus Becky Lynch. Everything that they've done right with Kofi, they've done wrong with Becky, so expect her to lose here. Charles Robinson rings the bell while Becky Becky is still holding the crutch. In fact, he gives it to her just before he rings the bell. This is all so she can dramatically throw it away to start the match. Charlotte beats a ten-count but slides directly into a disarm her. I wonder aloud where Ronda is, and just like that, she starts running down the aisle as Charlotte locks on the figure eight. She slides in the ring, punches Becky in the tit, and then looks smug about it. Becky wins by DQ and moves on to WrestleMania, grade C. The match did what the match needed to do, storyline-wise. But this knee injury of Becky's puts a huge damper on the quality of the in-ring portion of her matches, because that's her entire character right now. Woman fighting through a knee injury. Of the many offenses this stupid fucking booking has made between Royal Rumble and now, that may be the worst. And Elias. He sings about Becky because he's the Bard. And then Lacey... Evans, whose Tron has been completely revamped. They have removed anything even slightly military-looking, and now it just says Sassy sassy, Southern Belle in flowery letters in pink and green. And then Randy Archao's Elias. And then AJ hits the Phenomenal Forearm on Randy. What the actual fuck just happened? Promo package for the last time forever in this lifetime team-up of The Shield. Match number 10. Baron Corbin Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, team douchebag, versus the Shield. I just want to point out that after being fired as interim general manager of Raw, and after being completely shit on by the entire McMahon family, Baron Corbin is main eventing the pay per view before WrestleMania. Did you guys know that this is the last time the Shield will ever team together? Did you guys know that Dean is leaving after WrestleMania? Did you know that? I'm not sure if you were aware of that. I just want to make sure you're aware. I'm glad that they were able to stop at the military surplus store and get another flak jacket for Dean. You know, since he set his last one on fire in a fucking barrel. All I'm saying is that someone had better turn on someone here. Otherwise, we're main eventing the last pay per view before WrestleMania with a meaningless match that has zero implications. It eventually breaks down to Roman and Baron in the ring with Seth, Dean, Bobby, and Drew brawling back by the pre show set. Why? Why, of the three people on that team, why would you single out Corbin to remain in the ring? This ends up meaning absolutely nothing, however, as despite everyone dying when Seth leaped off the stands into the onto the rest, they all get back to the ring at basically the same time. Drew ends up getting triple powerbombed through the Spanish announce table. Meanwhile, they've spent a good six or seven minutes outside the ring with no count issued by Chad Patton, while earlier in the match, Dean just barely beat a ten count to keep the match going. Seth Rollins then drops an MF bomb live on pay-per-view. Triple powerbomb and Roman pins Baron and then they all hug. Grade D. This was boring. This was the most boring chaotic match I've ever seen. They fist and we go off the air. Really? That's it? Oh, okay. All right. Overall grade for Fast Lane B minus. The Kofi Kingston storytelling and the triple threat matches for the RAW tag and WWE titles saved this show from being completely terrible. Let's move on to Raw to see how Rhonda follows up her actually decent heel promo last week and her smug mug last night at Fastlane. We open Raw with the Shield, as promised earlier in the day on social media and the WWE app. This is their big goodbye, supposedly. If no one turns here, I give up. Roman gives his life is short. There's no guaranteed tomorrow's speech again. He points out that he hasn't had a singles match on raw in over five months. So tonight's the night to change that Dean's got something to do, but no one knows what the fuck it is. And Seth has to go to mania to beat Brock Lesnar. And that's, that's it. They fist and leave. That's your epic. Goodbye. Dean and Roman leave. Seth remains in the ring to stare longingly at the WrestleMania sign. He gets a sentence out and he's interrupted by Paul Heyman. Seth points out how much trouble Brock has had against smaller guys like him, and it's a good point, I must say. Paul then points out that all the little guys that Seth mentioned weren't Brock's originally scheduled opponents for those matches, and and also that Brock beat them all. Anyway, he then sends us to a hype video. Paul says that Brock has been fantasizing about Seth, which is a little weird, but Brock's had two months to prepare for Seth, and then Shelton Benjamin attacks Seth from behind. Are we getting a reunion of the Minnesota Stretching Crew? Match number one, Seth Rollins versus Shelton Benjamin. Heyman joins commentary and his classic Heyman. He makes me laugh on a few different occasions. Bonus points. Heyman promises that Lesnar will be here next week, and it's about frickin' time. Shelton teases in F5, but Seth uh, but gets Seth penaltied and pinned. Grade C. There was really nothing special about this match. Finn enters as Seth leaves, and then Bobby somehow manages to hack into the video feed for the Titan and just kind of stare grumpily into the arena as we go to break. That was weird. Match number two, intercontinental title, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. Leo eventually causes the distraction by ringing the bell. This leads to him getting kicked in the face and Balor getting speared out of midair and pinned. For three, your winner and new intercontinental champion, Bobby Lashley. Grade B. Okay, so Leo redeems himself to Bobby, but other than that, why? backstage charlie is with baron they remind us of baron being an asshole when roman went away with cancer enter ronda rousey she calls us all marks tells us all wrestling's fake and that she's going to win at mania without even trying it's decent but it's still awkward like she's not trying like she's trying not to sound scripted but she still sounds like she's reading from a script dana brooke comes out to get some cheap pops by defending the fans from the evil bitch ronda it's bad it's really really bad uh ronda kicks her ass you know what fuck dana brooke bonus points Ronda tries a Piper's Pit and nearly drops Dana on her fucking skull, and then she cold-cocks a referee we've never seen before. Uh, never mind, Re- replays show that it's Chad Patton and his weird beard. We then go back to Ric Flair's birthday party and Batista's surprise appearance. Match number three, Black Achet versus Glorable. We're over an hour into the show, and this is only match three. A kind of awkward series of maneuvers leads to a black mass and Alistair pinning Bobby as Cole yells, Fade to black, ladies and gentlemen! Hey, grade C. Aleister Black and Ricochet really have no cohesion as a team. They're just two guys doing their own moveset. Revival attack, Blackashay on the stage, and we go to break. We then get a nice story about Roman Reigns and a cancer kid, and then what's really important, a moment of bliss. Alexa is here to introduce this year's WrestleMania host, and based on her intro, I'm guessing that it's her. And I'm right. We get a recap of Colin Jost and Michael Che, and then Braun Strowman, he says... Something, and when we come back, Colin has gifted Braun with a sports car as an apology gift. Baron (coughs) destroys the car. What a fucking dick. Then, Elias. He talks shit and makes sports references that I don't understand. No way Jose enters with green hair for some reason and then gets the shit kicked out of him. Then, the Hall of Fame video for Harlem Heat. And then, Lacey Evans walks in. And walks out. She's interrupted by Blandy Savage, but nothing happens. Match number four, Naya versus Natty. Naya, Natty cuts a promo explaining about how all her friends have turned on her and then brings out Beth Phoenix as her one true friend. The match ends briefly when Beth interferes. Grade D. This wasn't actually a match. This was like a minute at most. And then Beth just ran in the ring. Boss hugs attack Blandy Savage as soon as they enter Gorilla out in the parking garage. The Secret Service arrive with Batista. Enter Hunter, enter Batista, enter Batista's security detail. Batista is wearing an iridescent, sparkly gray jacket, and I want it. I then wonder if the sound goes out because it's extremely fucking quiet all of a sudden. This crowd isn't as bad as Lafayette, but it's pretty fucking close. They yell at each other very moistly for a good 10 minutes. There's going to be a match at Mania. It's the expected outcome. Batista promises to end both of their careers on his terms. Triple H then announces that it's no holds barred, which actually means street fight, but fuck English. Enter Kurt Angle. Does he actually retire this time? Yes. Yes, he does. But first, he wants to have one last match at WrestleMania, and also one last match tonight in Pittsburgh. match number five, Kurt Angle versus Apollo Crews. That's... That's your first retirement match out of two Apollo fucking cruise. All right. Sure. Whatever. <clears throat> Kurt wins with the angle slam grade C more meh on raw tonight. Match number six, Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Yes, that's right. Baron Corbin is main eventing two nights in a row. Drew McIntyre attacks Roman at the end of his entrance. Just beats the ever loving hell out of him. He claymores Roman's head into the ring post and I guess we don't have a match. Seth finally runs out uh, in his own shirt now, not the shield shirt from earlier. It took him fucking long enough. Roman tries to convince the world that he's fine, but they walk to the back anyway. Okay. Back from break, and they're still walking to the trainer's room. That's a long fucking walk for someone who's hurt. Dean walks over to Hunter and demands a Falls Count Anywhere match against Drew tonight. He presumably heads to the ring since there are only 20 minutes left in the show, and we go to commentary for a replay of literally five minutes ago. Match number six, actual Dean Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre, Falls Count Anywhere. Drew taunts Dean from the stage, so Dean takes the fight straight to him. This is an actually brutal Falls Count Anywhere match, as they fight through the crowd, to the stage, on the commentary table, on the stage, all over the fucking place. Oh, and Drew stabbed Dean in the eye with a pencil. Finish comes when Drew gets Dean's head in the handrail for the steps at the side of the stage, and then claymores him in the handrail. Grade A. This was absolutely brutal. This is what a Falls Count Anywhere match should be. I don't think they set foot in the ring at all. Dean eats a second Claymore as we go off the air. Overall grade for Raw B+, that main event, plus some bonus points, save this bit from being a debacle. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Let's move on to SmackDown Live. We open with Shane McMahon and a, bri- and a brief recap of what he did on Sunday. He doesn't say anything. He just brings Greg into the ring and tells him to introduce him as the best in the world, Shane McMahon, and then threatens him twice because he didn't say it well enough. Also, the World Cup makes its grand return to SmackDown. Shane <coughs> is sick of people using him to better themselves. Shane says Mrs. dad has a baked potato face, and I laugh. Shane challenges Miz to a match at WrestleMania. Later tonight, some sort of WrestleMania opportunity for Kofi, but first... Match number one, Alistair Black, Ricochet, and the Hardys versus The Bar and Rusev de Nakamura. Another fun instance of mistimed things, Alistair Black gets to the end of the aisle and stops to wait for his tag partners, who never come as they ever so slowly and awkwardly get us to commercial break. Jeff fails at the simple task of taking his shirt all the way off and then hits a swanton bomb onto a pin that's broken up by everyone else on the other team, then it breaks down into a schmaz and then the New Day run down and clear the ring except for Shinsuke and Rusev. Grade C. Why did this happen? Corey says, The New Day have cleared the ring of four elite tag teams. Really? Blackashay's not a team. The Hardy Boys may have been elite 20 years ago. Rusev and Nakamura are also not a team. And no one really cares about the bar. Somewhere very foggy, the Usos talk to the other tag teams about who they'll face at WrestleMania. Turns out they want the Hardys. I'm in favor of this. Enter Randy Orton Tom says something has been burning inside Randy Orton for many years and my wife and I at the exact same time respond syphilis. It was creepy. Apparently Randy is bitter because AJ Styles actually paid his dues and didn't just get a shot in WWE because of who his dad and granddad are. This brings out AJ who reminds him of what it's like to not be a third generation blue chipper. They'll have a match at WrestleMania. Match number two, Asuka versus Sonya Deville. We get another spot with the ring apron and Sonia taps to the Oscar lock grade. C. I don't know get I don't get why they're breaking this team up and I don't know why they're doing it in such a stupid way. The Iconics then cut a promo from an undisclosed location. They want the next shot at the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles. Enter Becky Lynch. She throws away her crutch. Her shoes have wings on them. We get a recap of Sunday night's tit-punching and last night's Ronda promo. Becky says she got Ronda to do exactly what she wanted her to do on Sunday, and to thank her for doing her bidding, she will take the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania. Then Charlotte appears. Charlotte says, hey, dum-dum, you barely did anything to get into the match. She's the one who did all the work. Charlotte repeats the talking point that the people only cheer for Becky because they feel sorry for her, which is dumb. Backstage, Kayla accosts Daniel Bryan and Rowan coming out of McMahon's office. He doesn't want to talk to her. She forces him to. He complains about Kofi Kingston. Also, they have a match against Mustafa and Owens later on tonight. Match number three, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. But first, a recap of last Tuesday's U.S. title match. Either I misheard the announcement or they changed shit on the fly. Match number three, Rey Mysterio and Our truth versus Andrade and Samoa Joe. How many more ways can we put these four guys together? Mysterio is wearing an outfit that can only be described as flesh-colored. It is unpleasant. It also includes a black section on the crotch that looks like a thong. I don't know who designed this outfit, but they need to stop. Forever. Ray pins Joe with a physics-defying roll-up. Grade B. Was all right. Joe Uranagi's truth after the match, and then one for Andrade as well. Match number four: Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Mustafa seems to spend most of the match in the ring for his team. Ends up getting face choke slammed and pinned by Rowan for three. Grade B. Good match. I enjoyed the butterfly butterfly superplex into labell lock combo. Rowan's face choke slam is apparently called the iron claw. Enter Mr. McMahon for his announcement. Vince says he's here to give Kofi the opportunity to face Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. And boy howdy, I can't wait to see what the catch is. Vince sends us to a replay of him misspeaking on Sunday. I'm guessing he was supposed to say or he was supposed to make the WWE title match a triple threat match and bar the new day from ringside and then say, And Kofi, your match is next. But what he said was, And Kofi, that match is next. There's a difference there. Vince ignores that and tells us that we just need to listen better, except for the fact that he told them he was making the WWE title match, a triple threat match, and that that match was next. Enter the new day. Big E tells Vince that Kofi deserves a title shot, and Vince goes off on some senile rant about how nobody deserves anything. Vince literally opened this promo, saying he was out here to give Kofi his title shot, and now he's telling us about how Kofi doesn't deserve a title shot. Did Vince take his meds today? Kofi gives an impassioned speech, and then Randy Orton appears, and then Samoa Joe, and then the bar, and finally Rowan. Kofi has to defeat all of them one after the other next week to get his WrestleMania title match. New Day manages to clear the ring, and we go off the air. Look, I don't mind the gauntlet match idea, and I don't expect Kofi to win that match next week, leading to him finding another way into the title match at Mania. But Vince's promo was rough. Vince tells us he's going to give Kovey the opportunity to earn his spot, then spends 10 minutes telling us why he doesn't deserve that spot, and then makes the gauntlet match. Look, I get that Vince is being a petty fuckwad. I just think they piled it on way too heavy this week. Overall grade for SmackDown is a B-minus. There seems to be a theme this week. Raw scores higher than SmackDown thanks to a glut of meaningless tag team matches and the bare minimum of story movement. Overall grade for the week is also a B-minus. The graph of this week's scores would practically be a straight line. A mostly meaningless pay-per-view saved by, f- by some decent story moments, followed by two weekly shows that suffer from mediocre matches and wrote textbook promos that end with and will fight at WrestleMania. Hopefully this is just a slow start on the last great push towards WrestleMania. That is it for me this week. I can only hope that once Kofi wins the WWE title at WrestleMania, he holds on to it longer than Zack Ryder held on to the Intercontinental title a few years ago. Don't forget to vote every day on the WWE's hottest woman tournament on rundownwrestling.com. Support us on Patreon if you've got some extra cash lying around at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. And I will be back next weekend with another edition of Making the Great. Blurch.